ribbons. You've all, I mean, I used to visit the Baptist church a lot. And they always started filling from the back to the front. And then I started going to Grace, and they always filled the front and went to the back. What? All you back row people? Back backlash. All good. I'm glad you're here. But I probably will move it up one more row because it's easier for me if I can see your faces. Except for this group over here. I don't ever want to see their faces. <laughs> you know, I think I'll start next week. Somebody doing the announcements for me. Anybody want to volunteer? Greg? Uh, everybody knows Good Friday? That's this Friday. Be here at a quarter till seven to visit with people before seven. Be good to be here. Don't miss. Uh, it's a really, really... It's a, if you haven't, if you've missed before, don't miss. It's just, it's just an awesome time with the other churches and stuff together. I think last year we were pretty well full. It, it was pretty neat. So don't, come to that, 7 o'clock this Friday. Uh, men's prayer breakfast this, sun, this Saturday uh, morning at 7 o'clock. You're thinking, I'm not getting up at 7. Uh, you'll have a good time. We're gonna have, we'll eat breakfast probably first, and then we'll have just a little bit of prayer. Our prayer never lasts very long. Men pre, pray fast. Uh, no deacons meeting this Sunday due to Easter. Please turn your reports to the elders. Please do that. That's, that's real important to me. And then Don, Don and Diane White will be here the 23rd. That's coming down the month. We've been in the book of James. We're in the book of James. Uh, for those that have your Bibles, go to James. I didn't hear a page turn. You're there. Oh, you're already there because you know that's where I'm going. Father, we thank you. Open our hearts. Father, as many times as we've read this book, it seems like it becomes more alive all the time with all that's going on in our world right now. Help us to be able to cope with and deal with everything that's going on. You remind the church in Jerusalem. You told them of things uh, very, very, uh, in, in layman's terms, stepping on their toes real heavy. Uh, through the entire book. And Father, we want to open the book and allow it to just speak to our hearts and help us to adjust and readjust to be more like you, Father. Uh, it's your book, and we thank you, Father, that we're going to learn and glean from it. If it was the only book we had, it would help us in our Christian walk. And we thank you for uh, the book that was written. Help us to just uh, get serious about what's in there and pay attention to what needs to take place and change in our lives. Not that we're not going to heaven. We're taken care of there. We just want to be a better witness here uh, while we're on this planet, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want to review just a little bit. Chapter 1, we finished it last week, starts off, which I, which I, I get tickled every time I read it, starts off by saying, count it all joy. And we know what that's talking about. Everything you go through from day to day, we're purposed to count it all joy. And that's for a reason. Because our faith and our trust is supposed to be in him and not in what's going on around us. Uh, just like the storms we've been having. Uh, Brad and Tony's gym over at Sparta, the entire roof come off last night. Now that's a test. That's like, okay, what do we do from here? 
water running through three floors on all the equipment and standing in the floor and the whole bit. Uh, that's a test. How do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Well, he went on to tell us, uh, you get knowledge from him. You ask him for wisdom on what to do. You ask him for direction on what to do. Uh, but then you've got to get to the place when you get the wisdom, and this is stuff you go through every day. When you get the wisdom, then you have to put it to work. But when you put it to work, you can't doubt that it's going to work. Isn't it interesting how you know that you know that you know when he speaks to you? You know, we have our mind in a lot of matters, too much matters. But it seemed like to me every time I need a direction and I ask for wisdom, he always speaks to me when I'm doing something totally different. Anybody else get that? It's like all of a sudden you have this thought. Not on what you're doing, especially for a man, because a woman, you women, you're another, you have all these screens that are open, computer screens that are open. Men aren't like that. We have one, so we hear God better. <clears throat> well, it's on default, though, because we're thinking about something else, and he speaks to us. Well, you guys don't know if it may be the computer from yesterday. I better leave that alone. But you hear his voice, you hear, you get his wisdom. He says, he says if you need to ask, well, I don't care who you are, what you're going through, we always need wisdom. And then we, we know, and then he shares in that same chapter, he shares, now remember, I don't care who you are, spiritual, not spiritual, da-da-da-da-da, you're all on the same level. You can go to church your whole life or you can go to church not at all, and we're still at the same level when we're born again. And he speaks to us and gives us that. But, but in the midst of all that we go through every day, everybody here is tempted. Everybody here is tested. Remember, and he says in the first book, temptations never, ever, ever come from him. I'll never forget, and the person sat over in this area, I'll never forget a man come to me, walked right up here, I was standing right there, and he said that, that God brought him another woman. And that he was going to start seeing her and divorce his wife. That was not from God. I promise you. That's a temptation. That's from, the, that's from his own. And he went on to say in James, if you follow that temptation, it'll lead to sin. And when you do follow that temptation, it doesn't come from the Father. It comes from the desires of your own heart and the drawing of your own flesh, and the, competed, the competition that goes on in your mind all the time, all the time. But we are tested in everything that we do. Every day, there's things going on that can, can bring... Donna got a new phone, and her and Neil have spent probably six hours, and it's still not working right. That's a test. What do we do? We do what we can do. We gain knowledge. We gain wisdom. We call the text at Verizon and know what to do with it. And the list goes on and on. But what do you do? Bottom line, what do you do? You give it to God. And you don't allow it to disrupt your heart, disrupt your peace. That's what God's after is you living in peace. God's after you living in righteousness. God's after you living by the Holy Spirit. And, and we, you come to the place where you recognize it says on, there's so much in that first chapter. Then it tells us not to be quick not to be quick to hear, but to be long to hear. Listen, listen, listen. And what he's referring to is the answer. What he's referring to is, is be, be, be a person that listens to the Word of God. Be a person that listens and reads the Word of God. And be a person that doesn't speak the first thing that comes out of your, your mind. 
that will destroy us all. You hear and you listen and then you speak softly, you speak quietly, and you just don't speak as much as you hear. Listen, 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 he says, uh, because it, it's, it quit, it's quick to hear the word and slow to speak the problem. Let me just say it that way in short. We're real quick to talk about the problem and not the answer. Everybody here, I don't care who you are, we're real quick to talk about the roof that blew off. But we don't spend any time talking about he's going to have the answer. And you say, well, do they have insurance? That doesn't make any difference. The answer's him. Because we even know nowadays, I don't care if you're locked into something solid on paper, signed, they can default it and throw it away. Our, ultimately, our ultimate trust has to be in the Father and live in that peace that I was talking about. So he, he's talking constantly about taking care of it. Then, he, then he, right at the very end he says, this whole thing with faith and, and joy it's like we go up to the mirror and we look in the mirror and we see our hair all messed up and we don't fix it. We open the word and we get the answer, but we don't change. And he's saying, you have to look at it. You've got to pay attention to it. You, you see the problem, but look at the answer. And then in the midst of the answer, then you have to change the situation by changing your life. That's not works. That's just doing what he, that's just being obedient to his word. That's just telling you and I that he has got the answer. The first, if we would just do nothing but meditate on the first chapter of James, it would change your life on a daily basis. Because there's so much in the first chapter, that we, could, we actually could have spent a full month on the very first chapter. And recognize that if we can just get this down, if we just look in the mirror, here's the answer. I got a problem, Lord. He's got the answer. It's right in the Word. Let's, now, let's, don't walk away. Fix your hair. I don't know why I keep looking at you, Josiah. You just got yours fixed. I, I, keep, so I keep looking around the room. We can't. What good is a mirror? You might as well take them out of your house. They're for a reason. You look at them for a reason. You look to see if things need to be adjusted. You adjust it, oh, everything's fine. We have to do the same thing. James is telling the whole church, 12, 14, 15,000 people, listen, you've got to quit living in the law and think that's going to take care of you. You've got to change according to the word according to what he did for you. Jackie said it all. It, it was over at the cross. Three days later, he rose again. And in that, everything, every problem you'll ever face can be peace instead of turmoil if you do the first book of James. I get tickled. I call it James, and I've so taught it enough now. Jacob. You know why they left it James? Because New King James and Old King James, they made the king happy. The, you're all just look at me. The real, right, you need to scratch out James right above it. Jacob, that's really the name of this book. Because James, not even in the Greek, not even in the Aramaic. Jacob, isn't that crazy how things can change over time? 
It's good to check things out. But Jacob said to the church, folks, count it all joy when things happen. When they change, when they, when they change my name, when the, new, when the Bible come out. Count it all joy. There's a reason for everything that goes on. Everything that goes on. Well, let's step into, let's step into chapter 2 and spend a little bit of time there. There's, there, there's, so, much in, there's so much in one that 2 seems like there's nothing at all in it. It starts off, and it's going to be talking about discrimination. It's going to be talking about being partial towards different classes and different people. It's going to be talking about, I didn't realize it until this study, how much he hits, how big, a, how big a mistake it is for us to walk in that. Let's start out, let's read uh, just one through four. It says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. I got tickled. You read that and you just kind of pass by it. In the Amplify, it says, Don't practice the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ together with snobbery. I thought that was an interesting set of words. Without, well, what, what's it talking about? He's talking about there just what's... He gives an example here in a minute. It's, it's like we all do. You see somebody come in the room, or you see somebody where you're at, or you see somebody walking on the road, and they're, they're dirty. They're, you can tell they're wore out. You can tell they're beat down. You tell their clothes is not. We instantly... Every one of us, we instantly have a different train of thought toward that person. It used to be, and it's not so much now, if you've seen somebody with tattoos, you thought they were doing drugs. Well, Brad's not. But there's a time when I was there, because I was raised in, I was raised in a time where if you had an earring on, you were homosexual. So when you've seen that kind of person later on in life, you judged them. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And that's what this whole first of this chapter is about. Wrong, wrong. Who are we? Who are we to judge anybody by their outside? Not a person in here knows the hearts of people. Not a person in here knows what they went through. Not a person knows anything about them. But yet we're so quick. And, and I can, I'll just, I'll just I won't, won't say maybe you do it. We're, I'm guilty. I'm working on it. But it's, a, it's amazing how you, you see somebody dressed nice and looking nice, and then you see somebody that's not so, but you tend to just, you tend to class them different than them, and in the inside, they're all created by God. I was, I was at the doctor today, and oh, by the way, I got a good report. He said, take that medicine that's driving you crazy and throw it out the door. And I went, hoorah, all right. But I walked in to the little office where I had to go, and a lady there was going to do an EKG on me. Full-grown lady, I said, how tall are you? And she looked up at me, and she said, she was five foot one. No, 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 no. No, four, four one. I mean, she was... My first instant thought was, when I seen her, who is this kid in here? Because I just seen the back of her. I was judging without even, and she turned around. No, this was a, and so, so I knew that she, I said, how tall are you? And she told me, gosh, why couldn't I, well, she's little. And I said, have you been, have you been hassled by that? She said, oh my. So I purposed to encourage her in Christ and 
God created you that size for a purpose and a reason. And, we, and she laughed and giggled and we talked back and forth. But just seeing somebody different caused my mind to go wrong. Now, it was only wrong for a split second because I don't care how tall she is. It never did bother me. But still, it makes you... You're all looking at me like nobody here ever does this. Maybe this is only for me today. But, but it's, it is amazing. Come on, folks. It's amazing how you can see people. You go to Walmart and you see people and you go by somebody. Let's, let's say you go by an older person and, and, and they're having trouble with their bladder. And they don't know it because they smell themselves all the time, but it is so strong your eyes are watering. That doesn't give you the opportunity. It gives you the opportunity. That doesn't give you the right to criticize or judge them when you don't know the situation they're living in. That's right. But we do this, and this is what this is going to be talking about. We all are guilty of it, but we've got to come to a place of, that's the ones that need loved. Yep. The, the people that aren't are the people that need. We've got it. We could shut down today and you'd all go to heaven. The idea of this is that we become a better witness that in every circumstance and every situation, we can just take it in and not let it affect us. We can get hurt and not let it affect us. We can be offended and not let it affect us. And the list can go on and on. That's the ones God can use when you are not offended. And you can go on just like you were not offended. You can love them just as much as you did before they offended you. I, I'm... I got all kinds of holes in my back right now. From 30 years of ministry, I've been stabbed. I can't count the times. But there's not one person that's left this church that I don't love. There's not one person, if they walked into it right now, that I would love them just like I did when they were here serving. Now, there was a time in my life when I could say no to that. But now I can because I have seen what it says and I know what it has done to me when I didn't. But we've got to be a people that recognizes we can't allow the class and the differences and people's opinions. I mean, the Democratic and Republican Party now, it's like if you don't do it my way, you should be blowed out of the water. If you don't do it my way, you should be blowed out of the water. What happened to our thoughts and our opinions? What happened to democracy? Democracy came out of this, but it's slowly leaving this. I need to get going. So it goes on, it says, he's explaining, he says, for if there should, verse, verse 1 through 4, for if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and a fine apparel, and there should also come a poor man with filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourself and become judges? with evil thoughts. We don't want to come to the place of getting in this circumstance. Yet we all have been raised that way to a degree. We've all isolated. We've all segregated. We've all, we've all discriminated. We've all, well, they this, they this, they this. And we've got to recognize we can't allow that to... What we're doing is we're making a judgment and we're not filtering anything through grace. See, back in the old covenant, everything was judging. 
I mean, there was different classes. Some countries are still that way. There was different classes of people. Well, we know that the Samaritans didn't run around with the Jews. It talked about it. And when Jesus met the, the Samaritan woman at the well, it was like, what are you doing? Well, he's doing what he wants us to do to recognize that people are people and we've got to love them on every side and we've got to recognize we can't be the judge. We can't determine their worth by what we've been taught or what we see. Because if you determine people by what you see, then that's how you were taught and that's how you were trained at home. And that's usually totally wrong for this right here. Everybody here, family, I don't care how good your family is or how good you think they are, they're dysfunctional because everybody doesn't follow this perfect. I don't care who they are. It goes on. It says to know, I got wrote down, we know people by their fruit. You can discern and you can, you can judge in that arena by watching them, but that doesn't mean you judge them. You discern where they're at because we know that if we run with trash, we're going to become trash. The Bible tells us that. So when you discern someone's not living a right life, you pray for them, you love them, but you don't judge them. You can't judge them. You've got to come to the place of recognizing they make mistakes. You make mistakes. We all make mistakes. The secret, folks, to all of it is John 15, 5. It says, he who abides in me bears good fruit. If we spend time in the Word, if we spend time with the, the people of the Lord, if we spend time in church, we're going to start bearing better fruit all the time, all the time. Let's, let's move on. Verse 5 through 7, it says, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Then it says, Do not they blaspheme and noble, noble men, noble name by which you are called? This set of scripture, you know, I questioned that when I read it. But then I got to thinking about going to Mexico. They had nothing. They lived in cardboard shacks before we got there and helped them get in, in something that was out of the weather. But when you get around the families, they had more joy. If you haven't been, it, it, if you haven't been to a third world country, they have more, even, even if they're demonic people overseas, but most of the Hispanic people are Catholic and they know the Lord. They had more honor for God. They had more respect for you. They were more thankful than anybody I've ever been around in my life. You come back to America and it's like, look, we're complaining about this. We're com we complain about the road that we have to drive. Have you ever thought about the 117 trucks that go through all our supporting families? Just take a different road and shut up. Be thankful. But that's what he's saying here in these scriptures. Didn't God give the poor faith? Well, then, then the question is, Donna even asked me, well, I was talking to her about it. If they had faith, they wouldn't be poor. That, that's not true. They'll always be poor. But they, have, they know where their faith is. They know where their livelihood is. They know that God's taking care of them. They know that they're going to make it to heaven. They have that assurance where us that have a lot more are spoiled. And we complain about everything. And we're not thankful for everything. That's what he's talking about in these scriptures. And we've got to recognize we become a judge because they're not dressed right when they may have more faith than you've ever had. 
had to stand for more, had to believe for more. Even though they don't have much, maybe they didn't have anything at all. I can't, it's hard to even imagine now if a family has six or seven or eight or nine like it used to be in the years past. You'd have to have faith just to feed them. But even now, we don't even have to worry about that. The government will pay you. So it's, it's, it's getting to where we've got to have faith in him no matter what's going on in this world. We've got to recognize he's got this. He's going to take care of this. We just, bottom line on that, we cannot be the judge. James 2, 8 through 9. It says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall do well. But, you, but if you show partiality or if you show partiality, you commit sin. That's pretty heavy. And are convicted by the law of the transgressors. When I looked all that up, that sin you're committing is judging. And then you keep looking that up. Listen, this is hard. This is, you've got to get this down in here. Everything you judge and I judge, everything we judge, you're just like it. Or you will become like it. That's pretty heavy. I, it wasn't very long ago I was talking to somebody and I brought up somebody's name and they said, oh, they're stupid. And it just cut me to the bone because I knew that they were going to be called stupid. And I said, they're not stupid. I said, you're and I said to them, because I could get by with it in this case. I said, they're not stupid. You're stupid for saying they're stupid. And they looked at me. I said, because the Bible says you are doing exactly what they're doing and you're going to become stupid just like they are, in your opinion. Judging's horrible. And we're all guilty. Don't, I'm not... I'm not condemning anybody here. It's so easy to get caught up in it. But we've got to recognize how severe this can be. I mean, it can destroy every one of us. It can bring us all down. Matthew 22, 39 says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 1 John 4, 20 says, If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? It gets so severe when you, when you start looking into this. We, we need to love everybody no matter who they are or what they are or what they did. Case closed. You say, yeah, but there's a whole penitentiary of people down here that done wrong. And you've never, you just didn't get caught. And yeah, there are some that need to be caged because they're dangerous. But for the most part, isn't it true, Kevin? For the most part, the guards... I better be careful saying this. I'm not going to say that. They got caught. And I'm learning more of this and more of this as my son is counseling them over and over and over and over and over. Some of the laws are ridiculous. He, he worked with a guy today. I got to get... He worked with a guy today. He was a Marine for 25 years. He talked about all that he did and where he went and whatnot. Got seven kids at home. Retired. He got home. He got caught up in pornography for just a moment. He recognized, oh my gosh, what am I doing? 
He went to his family and repented and told of it. His family told somebody else. They told the police. The police come and picked him up. The family all went to court and said, no, he's repented. It was a mistake he made. Mandatory law in Wisconsin. If you go to, if you get caught on your computer with that type of pornography, you get three years in jail. He needs to read James. He's got to count this old joy. He's got to serve his time. Is, was he wrong? Yes, he was wrong. But the judgment, who has the right to make these kind of judgments over people. And I get, I have to be real careful here because I watch the system more than most anybody here. How can one man, one judge, have the right to do some of the things that they do? He becomes the judge. He becomes God. Let's get out of that one, but let's just back up. We are just as guilty. If somebody came walking in that door and stunk and was filthy, it'd be very difficult to discern it right and to do it right because that's how we've been trained. But we've got to reprogram our mind. We've got to make ourselves step out of that spot into, that, into their lives and find out how they are. You have to make yourself do it to get through this. You've got to recognize the scripture. Tell us all about it. Let's look at 10 and 11 real quick. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point, he is guilty of it all. That's just what I said. It, it, we, we, all, we all understand. We all make mistakes. And, and there are people in jail that need to be there. But there are people in jail that don't need to be there. And there are some of us that need to be in jail if we go by all that. But that's, just, that's what Christ came for. Every one of us are going to hell without him. But once we received him and forgive, so what he wants us to do is he wants us to be good witnesses on earth and not judge everybody, but love everybody because they're forgiven. And bring them to Christ so they'll be totally forgiven and go to heaven. Because it doesn't matter what's here or what's there. We've got to get them there. And the only way to get them there is for us to be like Jesus here. Hmm. We're just as guilty as the murderer if we don't have the Savior. This is bottom line. 12 and 13. It says, so speak. Let me go back to 11. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but do murder, have you become a transgressor of the law? Exactly the same as I was just saying. We are, we're all guilty without, without Jesus. Verse 12, so speak and so as those who will be judged by the law of liberty, for the judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Matthew 7, 2 says, the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. That's a pretty heavy one. What's he saying in this script in this set of scriptures? Don't walk in the sin of, of discrimination. Give people a chance. Give give each other a chance. Just because, just because. Well, don't just because. Just love them and try to love them back into the things of God. Filter your your judgment. Practice filtering your judgment through grace. Come to that place where you're gonna. 
Okay, before I think on this any longer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this grace and give this a moment and give this some time. Let's rethink this. I don't know their situation. I have talked to myself like this all the time. I don't know their situation. I don't know what they went through. I don't know if God's already taken care of it. My place is just to love them where they're at and love them where they're at. See, we're, bottom line, we are not God. God sent his son Jesus to come into us so we could be like Jesus here on earth and bring more people to Christ, bring them in by the millions. If we choose to judge, you will be judged by the same measure. I don't want, I got to get out of the habit of having any opinion about people. You know, we just had an election come up and I asked somebody, I didn't know about the people that are running and it's always here town people. I didn't know much about the people that was running for things, so I, was, so I was asking people. Well, that was a dumb move. Because everybody you ask had their judgmental opinion about the other people. So I was like, okay, Lord. <laughs> so I kind of went in and said, okay, which one, Lord? Thankfully, there wasn't but like one in our whole ballot here that I had to even pick between. Doc ran for school board. He didn't have to campaign because... It was room for four, and he was the fourth one. So you don't have to judge that one. You just mark an X. But follow what I'm saying, folks. I mean, I hope you grab this. Practice giving people grace. Practice. When you see somebody that's not like you, let them be. Let it go. Give them love. Encourage them. Find something good to say about them, and just don't say anything bad about them. And you're going to find your life's going to walk easier here because you've done that. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the word to help us adjust our life. We know we're going to heaven. We know you've, you've taken care of us. and We, we know all the, all the faith stuff. We know that. But while we're here, we want to readjust our life. We want to readjust our marriages by not judging our wives or judging our, our husbands. We all come from different places. Help us to work in truth and honesty together, in everything we do with people, and allow you to be the one that imparts grace to those people through us, that touches their life, that accepts them as who they are, no matter where they are or what they are. Help us to be that, that Jesus is walking this earth, to bring more people to you, to let the love of Christ go forth toward them, Father. We thank you for it, and we give you all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before we go, just come to me just then. Sonny has got, he's coming home. They wanted to put him in a rehab, and he fought against that, which I'm all for that not going to. But he's going to be home, but he's got to get dialysis now three times a week. So keep him in prayer. Uh, Greg Renfro is still getting dialysis, but they're thinking about cutting him back to two days a week instead of three, so he's doing better. Carl's here. He's doing better. Any report, Carl, on this last situation you had going? Not yet? Okay. Uh, my Connie's oldest brother, Ed, is in Barnes, and they just called hospice in on him right before I come in. I got a text. He's uh, 75, and everything's shutting down. So keep Connie's family in prayer. Won't be a happy Easter for them. Uh, but he's born again. So that's a plus. That's, that's the only plus we've all got. Father, we lift up, lift up Sonny right now, and we know he's battled with a lot of different 
different things, diabetes and just different situations, circumstances. And Lord, now his kidneys are trying to close down. We just thank you, Lord, that this dialysis that he's going to have is going to get him going again. Uh, we lift up the wife. We lift up the family members all around about him. It's going to take extra help from everybody. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you grace that situation big, and you're going to take care of it, Father. Continue to lift up Greg. Thank you that it's going to get better and better for his kidneys. We're going to get to see him back here. Anybody and everybody, Father, I can't think of all the people that are battling things. Thank you that you ultimately are going to take care of them. Thank you for my health getting better. Thank you for getting a good report with my heart. Uh, you just take care of all of us in so many different ways, Father. We trust in you now, Lord. And as you put things on our mind, people on our mind, help us just to stop right in the middle of things and then under our breath, just lift them up and thank you for taking care of every situation, every circumstance, Father. We trust in you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. You got about three minutes before the mob comes in. Oh, they're not a mob. They're our future church. Yes, they are.